Sentire Media. You are listening to the Latvola Marke Radio Network. Hello and welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Ashley. And we run a small agriturismo bed and breakfast farm here in the Marche region of Italy. Uh, we haven't done a podcast in a little while. We've gotten uh, lots of emails and we apologize. May was a busy, busy, busy month. Lots We're back. To, we are back. Lots to get ready, lots to do. It's uh, Summer has arrived here in Italy. Uh, today is a little cloudy. It is the 3rd of June. Let's just recap about May. Yeah. So uh, it's difficult for when we're busy to do a podcast every week. So we kind of got uh, a little scared and just stopped doing it. But I think if we do one in season every other week or every 10 days when there or when there's something really exciting that happened, um, we can keep up with the podcasts and, and not feel like we uh, have to put one out regardless every week. So the garden. Oh, May. Busy month. Lots to going on, and let's start with the garden. The garden is totally in. It's beautiful. We have uh, most of what we're going to, what we planted. Well, let's go over it. 600 onion plants, uh, 300, 300 tomatoes. In about 12 varieties. Yep. Um, we have tons of potatoes and beans and strawberries we've been the eating. The fava already, the broad beans. Have been we've been eating them. The rucola, the yeah. uh, arugula or rocket, is so peppery and delicious. It's great on top of pizza or mixed into the salads. The lettuce, what's the lettuce that is so crunchy? Canasta. That is so good. It's delicious. It's coming up. Uh, we also have uh, radishes that we've begun to eat. So the garden is starting to produce. You got the eggplants in the ground and the peppers. Oh man, the cucumbers. Raspberries. Cucumbers. Um, uh, zucchini, uh, pumpkins. pumpkins, different kinds of squashes. It's all in. It's getting watered every day, and it's looking beautiful. So I'm very excited. Another month here, my garden will be fully producing, and I won't have to go to the cooperative to buy any fruits or vegetables whatsoever. Which is also great for the cooking classes. So we've been able to go down and start picking the um, salads and whatnot for the classes and the fava. Zucchini are, flowers. Zucchini flowers. What are some of the dishes you've been doing? Let's see. We did... Um, tortellone. We did the tortellone, which are capolone, big hats. And it's just a big um, tortellini. Stuffed a stuffed pasta. And I stuff it with bietola, which is our uh, uh, a green kind of in the chard family. A uh, little pecorino ricotta. A uh, little lemon zest, uh, garlic. The stuffing itself you could eat by itself. It it's delicious. Good. And um, a handful of Parmigiano-Reggiano. And you could stuff uh, pasta with whatever you like, just as long as it's a dry mixture. If it's too wet, the pasta doesn't stick to itself. But you like to serve this not with the sauce, but in a little bit of a broth. Yep, I serve it in a little either vegetable, just a little bit at the bottom, a little vegetable broth or chicken broth, uh, it's so good a couple mine. of cherry tomatoes, and eat whatever I have, maybe some fa- a couple of fava or a couple of peas, because peas are in season right now, and then just a good drizzle of delicious olive oil over the top, and it is delicious. You also did the sweet pea crostini. Yep, baby, you just make baby food. And the lesso di vitello. Uh, Poached beef with the salsa verde. And all these recipes you can find on our blog, which is... LaTavolaMarkeRecipeBox.blogspot.com 
And uh, what else have we been doing that's been really great? It's so fun because now that the uh, the season's kicked in, you know, we had artichokes that came and went. We did a ton of artichokes, and they're gone now. Um, the uh, asparagus, the wild asparagus, and the, the cultivated asparagus, we did a lot of. We made vignole, which is a vegetable... Uh, you can make it as a pasta sauce or a stew or even a soup, and that's just all the vegetables of spring um, in a kind of an olive oil brothy base. Um, but now all those are kind of finishing up. The, oh, but you were making also delicious ribolita. Oh, reboiled. So it literally translates into reboiled, but um, you can put anything you want into it, and it uses uh, barlotti beans, and you use the water from the bean that you cook the beans, and a little stale bread to thicken the soup. Total peasant cooking. Um, the summer version of that is Papa al Pomodoro with tomatoes and olive oil and basil that you use the stale bread to thicken the soup as well. That is so delicious. It's wonderful. So I'm excited. All these things were out of the uh, winter. You know, the, I know the, the greens, stables. the colors, it feels so good, it tastes so good, I love it. We've also had such warm weather, it's been great for the garden. We did, we had a hot spell in in middle of May for a good 10 days, which uh, burned the grass, but it mm-hmm. the garden loved it. Today is a little overcast, it's still in the mid-20s or, you know, low 70s, high 60s, but... We need that warm weather, because the pool is officially open! Oh my gosh! We turned our pool from a lake into no, uh, a pond. No, let's be honest. It was a swamp. <laughs> we turned it into a swamp into a beautiful swimming pool, and it's ready to go. Well, last year when it came time to get a cover, Jason <laughs> dutifully measured the pool, but just measured it from inner edge to inner edge. Not with enough to overlap the side. Not to overlap either end by a couple of, like, by a meter or so. So, so we were constantly recovering the pool. Well, air would, air would get underneath when the wind would come and, you know, flip it over. So, yes. It was a disaster. So we had to pump all the water out, scrub it out. The thing that we had this year was Gaji's, uh, our doctor, our doctor, our adopted uh, father, Doctor Gaji, he gave us his pressure washer, which was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. That helped a ton. It did help a ton. And then we had, then we filled it with the uh, sulfur water from the spring in the back, which is great. And then had to sweep out all the sand and all of that. It was like two or three days of s- draining, scrubbing, refilling, and, refilling, and, and then and then sweeping because we have to sweep it every day for at least three or four days with the. Uh, underwater broom but it's ready to go we had our first guests who were swedish jump in and they said it was a little cold at first but they're used to the baltic sea so it was fun it wasn't that bad <laughs> what else oh the chickens so i think the last time we'd done a podcast we had possibly already gotten our next batch so we um started the spring with 19 hens and three roosters and our chickens are free range and have the whole run of the Everything, the yard, all over the, the flower hills, pots. The flower pots. And uh, we had them a little too free, I guess. And in three days, four hens were nabbed and eaten in the middle of the day. We're talking like one o'clock by this non uh, timid fox who I, we were just surprised that there would be middle of the day attacks. So we had to build this huge playpen to keep them safe. And the playpen still is a good size. I mean, it could be bigger than some backyards. So they have a ton of... How big do you think it is? 
I uh, I have no idea. Probably an okay. acre or so. An acre? You have no idea what I you're don't. talking I really don't. about. It's a it's plenty of room for these chickens. So and they have the hill and trees and tons play, of grass. They can plenty. run around free. They have bugs to eat. They can do their little dirt kick up thing. So at least we know they're safe. And we're down to fifteen hens and three roosters. Yes, we were going to. It was c- pretty dramatic there for a while. <laughs> Yeah, we had to keep them locked in for a week while we built the house. Five alarm attacks, they go, the uh, quacks, they would uh, all start making the noise and the rooster would make his, uh, like, danger call and Jason would go, go, run out there! And I have to run into the bushes with, like, a stick or rocks to throw and he's like, get in there deep, there's a fox in there! And I'm thinking, what the hell? Why are you sending your wife into the woods to, to attack a fox that's obviously hungry? So... He was pretty well fed for a while, but hopefully he's got the clue. We were thinking of setting a fox trap, but then there's been wolf sightings, so who knows? Well, even if we trap the fox and move him, another fox will just move into his territory eventually. So, this is much better. It works out for everyone. The fox was here before us, and he's just doing what foxes do. True. Um, uh, we, were, we were talking about killing the big rooster, Foghorn Leghorn, because he started becoming aggressive with me. And um, we kept him around because he did such a good job of, with the young chickens, of kind of uh, herding him to bed at night and showing him what to eat and showing him what to do because the uh, young roosters were just babies. They didn't quite know what was going on. But now Foghorn has taken a dislike to Ashley. He's given me the stink eye, and uh, I say his days are really numbered now. <laughs> we had some guests nicknaming him Brodo because they knew that's what he'd end up being, so... I don't know if he looks at me like that one more time. Well, he his days are numbered. The uh, two younger roosters they grow very they mm-hmm. grow really quick. I'm shocked. We and, need uh, names for them. We'll name them one. Salt and pepper. Yeah, they're black and white, <laughs> and there's two of them, and they got they have long legs, and they were really skinny when they came, they so they they did so a funny, funny walk. But they're filling out, which is good. Uh, also, in the month of June, we got solar panels. I mean, sorry, in the month of May, we're in June now, we got solar panels and a brand new uh, on-demand caldaya or hot water heater. So, explain the system. I'm going to do a blog post about it, too. So, finally, we got um, two solar panels that went onto the top of the roof, and they will heat the water um, into a big 300-liter tank that um, will hold the hot water there. And you can... Um, the solar panels will heat the water up to 80 degrees centigrade or almost boiling. And um, it's great. So through the summer, we will not use any gas or any uh, GPL, liquid petroleum, to heat the water. And in the wintertime, the, little, the sun, which isn't as powerful, will help make the water, go, make the water from ice cold to warm so that the, uh, the hot water heater has to work, doesn't have to work as hard. Um, and also, we found out our old... Uh, oh our God. old Caldae, which was the on-demand system where there's, it was tankless. So we have a tank now and a on-demand system, which is, which is supposed to be more efficient. The other one was only burning 65% of the gas that comes in, and the rest goes out the exhaust. So no wonder you were so obsessed with, like... Well, we would, pour, <laughs> we would blow through a whole 1,500 liters of gas in, you know, two weeks in the, in the winter or in the... Shoulder seasons when we have guests and we're You'd always be the heat. futzing with the system. It never worked properly anyway. No. So now the exhaust gases are recycled and burned again. So we burn up to 98. We burn 98% of the gas that comes in, which is much, much, much better. I'm so excited. It oh worked so well. And it worked immediately. Like now when you turn on the faucet, it's warm before it's cold. 
in the summer on like yes. really nice days it's like oh my gosh so um next step is to get solar panels for our electricity but it's prohibitive prohibitively expensive still so we started our saving savings for that already so the uh as soon as we can get totally self-sufficient and off all uh off all the would we be off the grid? I guess sounds what? pretty hippie. It does sound pretty <laughs> hippie, but I'm, I would love not to pay an energy bill and get solar power because one thing we have is sun. It's just so expensive still. But there's a, seems like a huge push for these solar farms. You drive around and you'll just see kind of fields of panels here in the market. Yeah, because the uh, I don't know if it's the European Union or the region or the Italian government has started giving subsidies for these solar farms, but you still have to lay out tens of thousands of euros and then wait for the rebate, and we can't, we're just too small for that now. So hopefully in the next couple of years it'll kind of come down a little bit. Or, um, But it's just nice to also see... So many people in the surrounding area utilizing the solar panels. Absolutely. Even the Moki Farm, they put them up on top of their whole... On top of their barn. Uh-huh. Well, we, we got our foot in the door, which is yes. the most important part. So. Going a little bit greener. Yep. What else? Oh, you wanted to talk about that E. coli outbreak. Oh, yeah. So recently in the news, there's been an outbreak of E. coli in Europe. And they're trying to... They don't really know what it is. It's like some super strain. But apparently it started in Spain, so they say, or Germany, or Spanish cucumbers that were imported to Germany. And it spread throughout a good part of the northern Europe. And um, just another example of why it's so important to eat locally or have a garden or, you know, nothing good comes from shipping produce or meat, you know, hundreds of or even thousands of kilometers. Um... And it's, it just, uh, fortunately, it's not hit Italy. A similar thing, um, not E. coli, but a weird bacteria hit uh, German fresh mozzarella and um, parts of northern Italy that import uh, German milk. I might have my facts a little wrong. <laughs> but I know <laughs> there was good. a huge thing about blue mozzarella. And um, thank goodness, nothing like that. And in this area, we, we get all our mozzarella from Marcagiani uh, Farms, so... Eat locally, you'll never or get... Campania. Or Campania. Or Campania, a little bit south of us. Uh, so just another reason to eat locally and support your local farmers and know where your food is coming well, from. Well, I remember when we still lived in New York when there was the spinach outbreak. Spinach in California and the green onions. And then it affected the whole country. And it's like, oh my God, if we were just eating spinach from New York State... Well, if they grew spinach in several different areas throughout the country instead of just one localized location, so now... If it'll affect a smaller portion of, of the country instead of you get a, all of Europe because Massive. everyone's buying these cucumbers from, from this one area. So eat locally. You can't go wrong, and it tastes so much better. Well, and speaking of eating locally, check out our June issue of Taste Italia for our article on Field to Fork. And there's uh, like three or four great local seasonal recipes for June. And, well, local for us, but just saying how you can grow your own food, and here's how to uh, make some really simple seasonal dishes with it. So, the Taste Italia is packed with uh, fantastic summer barbecue recipes and all of that, so check out your newsstands. Check out your Check news. out your newsstands! <laughs> uh, I'm still, also in May, still doing my lifeguarding course. It is the never-ending oh lifeguarding course. God. We went to go take our exam and uh, finish it up, and the you have to have a doctor there to monitor the CPR and make sure everyone does it right to first sign of all, off. First of all, back it up. This was on a Wednesday. 
you were told, be here on Saturday. It's mandatory. And it was like, oh my gosh, there's no notice. Like, we, we have, you know, we, we're in season. Yeah, it's May. Yeah, guests and dinner and cooking class. So we had to cancel everything because he thought, all right, here we go. I got to go do this. Uh, it's, finally, it's over. Yeah, I've got to take the test in the sea and then... Do the CPR and the medical part of it, and we're done. Thank God. Well, the instructor never showed up. The oh. doctor showed up. All the students showed up. His assistant showed up. And the instructor did not. No show. No show. So, we're still going on. An hour and a half later, it was like, oh, I thought, oh, you're done. And he was like, no, it, we never did anything. We just waited on the beach. I have no idea why the guy never called you guys. This is just totally typical for this class. I think it is. But um, I think the problem now is he's try- he's having a hard time getting another doctor to come down. So, these, I, I mean, aside from the pain that I still have to go there all the time because we're doing nothing. We covered the whole course. The poor other kids who are 18, you know, mm-hmm. younger, 18 to 20, who, 25, who are... Um, Waiting for the certificate to get jobs at the beach as lifeguards can't get jobs because they don't have this this certificate, which was supposed to be given to us in early May. So. Yeah. And last week he told you, few more weeks, few more few weeks. Few more weeks, few more weeks. So it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It just makes me laugh. And uh, we're supposed to have this, I'm supposed to have this certificate before the pool's open, but I can't wait. I mean, this well. isn't my fault. I took the class, I paid my money, I'm ready to take the test. But... So it's all not peaches and cream sometimes, and you have to just kind of either go with the flow and shrug and laugh it off and call it the uh, little quintessential Italian way, Italian way <laughs> or it'll drive you absolutely crazy. So, well, it's a little bit of both for you. It is a little bit of both. <laughs> so we ended... But well, you're looking good in that Speedo, yeah. those, uh, <laughs> those uh, sexy shorts. My sexy... My... <laughs> My muffin, my male muffin top. Yeah. Um, finishing up the last uh, the last couple of weeks of May was tons of cooking classes. We had uh, uh, lots of dinners going on. That had some great guests come in. Had some guests that we a lot of Texans in town. We did have a lot of people from <laughs> Texas, and we got to go with um, Will, Will and, and Julie and their and kids, Na- Natalie, Natalie and Paul. Uh-huh. Uh, they took us to. Uh, the beach in Fano for a boat trip. And tell us, tell them about the maestro. Okay, so our friend Daniele, who is known as the maestro because he is a phenomenal fish chef, he bought a wooden yacht and, or like a wooden yacht sailboat. Yeah. And uh, he does excursions out to the sea, like a trip to nowhere. You board the boat at like 10 in the morning if you're going for lunch. You go out, putter around uh, along the Fano coast, and jump in the water, take a swim, and then have this incredible lunch. We're talking all fish, all grilled fish, fish, fried fish, grilled fish, fish, fish pasta, af- fish pasta, fish appetizers. How about the little snails? The little sea snails oh and this tomatoy, rich tomato sauce that you just suck them out. You can't. We ate like pigs. Seriously, I, I was like, "You're gonna finish that?" <laughs> I wasn't gonna let anything go to waste. And ton, like endless bottles of. Crisp cold verdicchio. It was phenomenal. The weather was great. The sea was a little bit rough. We went out and we puttered around for a little bit, but then a little boy got seasick and threw up. I'll be honest, it was not calm. I would not have wanted. It was a windy day. It was windy. So we came back and ate at the port, which sometimes will happen if it's a little too rough at sea. But it was a blast. And if you go out during the week. They call it a half day, but it's really a full day. Yeah, and then we hung out just on the boat at the dock for hours, too. And. 
for the um, during the week, I think it's like 35 euro a person, and on the weekends, it's 45 euro a person. And it's up to like 20 people on the boat, so it's always like a small group in that sense. And um, you can either go out for lunch, and you you board at like 10, and you're back. Back by 4 Yeah, it's, or it's, you go out in the afternoon at like 6. And you're back at midnight. Yeah, after midnight. So it's really cool. And it was so much fun because for us, we've never seen Fano from the, from the sea. No. So it was really a, a great afternoon for us, too. Really relaxing. But the food was out of this world. And you get to see all the boats and the yacht, the huge, humongous, ridiculous yachts. What were those the, called? Um, oh, the um, something 80 and then... Oh, I forget. Oh, I know. <laughs> But, um, it was a whole series of these mega yachts. These mega yachts. So it was really fun. We got to, you know, even though we didn't only got to go out in the sea for a little bit, it was still a wonderful afternoon. And Daniela is so nice, and his uh, co-captain, Roberto, they're two great guys. Uh, even a really good soundtrack, a little Dire Straits, some classic rock playing. It was a good It was afternoon. a great afternoon. And the best of all, I didn't have to cook. I got to take a nap on a boat and get barbecued. And he's got a pretty good little size kitchen for a boat. It's a gorgeous, it's a gorgeous boat. And I mean, it's almost was bigger than our apartment kitchen in Brooklyn was. Almost, it was. Because <laughs> he puts out a good amount of food. What were the little fish? Oh, babe, you now you're on the spot. Okay, well, there was like sardines, sardines, uh, um, a little bit of little or sepia, sepia uh, calamari, orata. There was tons, more fish than was needed. I literally, yeah, me sono abufata. <laughs> I made my, myself silly like a pig. And then, that could be the word of the week, me sono abufata. I think we've done that one. Maybe. it's. I think in dialect, but you have to give the little hand most, uh, motion towards your, uh, where would you say, like your upper... Your, like your liver. liver. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, hard to do without video. Um, oh, speaking of videos. Oh, speaking of videos, great segue. <laughs> nice segue. Um, Patrick Richardson, right, big shout out. He hooked us up with a phenomenal video of our pizza night. Which we've started again. Yep, which pizza night's back on. So we posted it on Facebook and we're going to put it on the blog and the website and everything too. But it's a great little minute and a half clip of uh, Jason making pizza and firing up the pizza oven and kind of uh, some of the guests hanging out and helping with it. And, and I have to say, it's all, it's oh not like God. a cheesy... Um, TLC, you know, one of those TLC horrible... Or like, hey, welcome to our pizza night. No, it's no. great. You did a great job, Patrick. Set the mood. You're, you are very good at what you do. My favorite is hearing, like, the sliding of the, the pizza uh, skin, picking up the pizza and the rolling pin. I like all those sounds with it. So go check out our Facebook page or our Twitter page, and you can find it. Ashley just posted it the other day. Uh-huh. It's really cool. Um... Uh, so yeah, pizza night started again. I fixed my wood burning oven. I don't know if I talked about that, but the, uh, the, where the, the, uh, stones come together, they separate just from, uh, you know, expansion and contraction because it gets so hot in that oven. So I got some of this special cement and closed all the gaps. So now the heat doesn't escape through the, uh, the whole thing. You can really tell the difference on the bottom. On the bottom, um, especially before the bottoms of my pizza weren't getting crispy enough because, the uh, heat wasn't being reflected as well because some of it was escaping through these gaps in the stones. So it works much better now. I'm very happy. You did happy. a good job. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Who knows? <laughs> I would know what the hell I was doing I with masonry. I didn't know what you were doing at all. <laughs> <laughs> I would just go out there and your head is in the oven and I thought, oh, Lord, what's going on? 
So here we are on the 3rd of June, and um, so we, that's basically covering all of what we did in May. We worked pretty well. Yeah. We're starting to slim, I have to say, slimming down earlier this year. Uh-huh, then. uh-huh. Um, we, up and down the stairs. We yo-yo with our weight a little bit in the winter when you sit by the fire and eat heavier food. You pack on a few kilos. I'd say I graze all winter <laughs> long. You know, you're bored and it's cookies cold. Cookies and tea. Yes. Cinnamon lot, rolls. Lots of cookies and tea. Butter heavy. <laughs> And then in the summer, you uh, eat much lighter, and the vegetables, it's more much more vegetables and less meat, and um, working in the garden. I will say, nothing is a better workout than swinging a hoe or a shovel for... I had no idea. Oh, it's my true. God. So we're tan and starting to slim down a little bit, which is good, and um, lots coming up in the next couple of weeks. Yes. Okay, well, in June, in La Marque, there's it, tons of the summer <laughs> festivals are starting, so I thought... Maybe um, throughout the month I'll go over a few. So in Cartocheto, which is between us and Fano, mm-hmm. there is on the first Sunday of June the Sacra di Vinci Grassi, which Vinci Grassi is an incredible, very rich lasagna yes. that has um, bechamel sauce, it has chicken livers, it has uh, veal in it, it has pork in it. It's really, really rich and heavy. Then in Borgo Pace. Oh, but hold on. Oh. Cartocheto is also known, for, famous in the market for their olive oil. Yes. <laughs> and you can get, uh, for some reason, it must just be a little pocket of warm air right there. Because in this whole northern area of the market, that is where it's known for olive oil and wine. Otherwise, you have to go about an hour and a half south, and that's where the real heavy wine region is. So I wonder. And olive oil too, yeah. south of Ancona, where it's much warmer. But wine, I wonder why right there. The I don't positioning know. must be must good. Must be something. But uh, grapes and um, olive trees do not like frost at all. No. So we cannot have either of them. So in Borgo Pace, which is only about fifteen minutes from us, um, near Sant'Angelo and Vado, also and famous Mar- for there. Oh. They call it the Potato Festival, but I'll tell you what, I remember it for having little birds roasting on spits. Awesome. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry yes. to interrupt. I thought, Potato Fest? Why don't you call it Bird Fest? It was like Grill Fest. It was so good. They took these little quails and put them on a spit roaster with a quail, like hundreds, of, hundreds them. of them on this huge spit roaster with... They'd put a quail, a piece of pancetta, and a piece of bread, and then they'd spit roast them. And Slow, all day. Oh, they were oh my awesome. god. Anyway, sorry, Borgo Pache. Yeah, I, maybe the potato fest is just code or something. <laughs> um, keep the riffraff away. So there, um, on Sunday, this first Sunday, is the Festa della Schiacciata, which schiacciare... Is to smush. Smush. So I wonder if it's like a smushed bread, because it's a special bread made with rosemary. So it's some sort of local or dialect name for this bread. And all day they'll have food and wine and games and a religious procession. Then in Pesaro is the Caprile Agro Show, which is a market of food products, live entertainment. Visit the gardens and ancient waterworks with gastronomic stands open all day. I'm sure they'll have big tractors on display, too. Mm-hmm. And there's something like that going on in Fano, too, called Gustosa. And it's a tribute to agriculture and the harvest festivals with um, all day fruit and vegetable markets. Next week. Oh, yeah, sorry, that starts the second, and um, the second Saturday and Sunday. And then the third Sunday in June in Cali is the Sagra del Lumaca. And what is a Lumaca, Jason? That is a snail. Yes. But in this area, they'll do snail, not like the French. No. They do it more... In a sugo, in a red sauce. Yes. When they add wild fennel, I like it. They don't add wild fennel, it tastes... I don't know. Gritty. Tastes, yeah, a little dirty, a little gritty. 
And um, you have to, and it depends on who makes them, because if they don't wash them really, really, really well, the snails can be a little gritty. But if they're done right, they're pretty good with wild fennel. Oh, yeah. And then um, also on the third Sunday, Saturday and Sunday, starting at 3 p.m. in Monte Porzio is the Salsicce Encanto, which is a sausage festival of entertainment shows, historic reenactments, and tournaments. So anytime it's there's a sausage festival, it's got my name written all over it. And, um, you know, this year, did I tell you that they canceled the uh, Distinti Stalumi? Well, we talked about that before, but did they really? Yeah. Um, Cali puts on this slow food festival called Distinti Salumi, which is uh, a salami festival for celebrating salamis from all over Italy. And they canceled it this year because the business owners said it took away from their business. But I don't understand that because that festival would bring 30,000 people, 20,000 people to that to that little tiny Cali town every year. So it's a shame because it was a really good festival. Lots of good samples. Oh, Yeah. From all over Italy. Um, and also then starting in the summer, like in Sant'Angelo, is um, they start doing their summer evenings. Where once a week, um, like I think Wednesdays they do it. Um, they have shopping in the evenings. Like all the stores open back up after 8 o'clock. And a different theme. Yeah, and so we've got to find out what they do this year. Because one year they had themes based on movies and food related to that. They'll do like... Whatever it is, whatever their theme is, if it's movies, if it's regions or whatever, it's always related to a food. And then they'll have, like, Pisteca Fiorentina. For Tuscany. Yeah, throughout the whole, like, grilling up throughout the whole town, or something like the Lumache, or uh, Pizza Night. But it's a blast. And it's and it's great if you have a early if you have an early dinner or go out there. It's five, ten minutes from our house. Yeah, it's really And just fun. to walk around. And it's good people watching, and especially on a warm night, it's great. Please, and any excuse to go for an evening gelato, I'll take it oh my oh, gosh speaking, speaking of, of gelato. gelato so if you make it to Fano and go on the boat cruise if you guys need information let me know I'm going to post a whole thing on um, the yacht trip and fish lunch or dinner but if you make it to Fano you have to go to Gelateria Maki and it's an artisanal gelato shop in Fano right in the heart of town mm-hmm. uh, in the old part of town and our friends run the shop, and they are fantastic. And each- all hand. Now, there's <sighs> a big difference between gelato is not gel- you know gelato is not the same everywhere. You need to go to an artisanal gelato shop, and um, they make everything handmade. They pick the you know they get oh my the God, fruit. The sheep's milk ricotta with honey. Oh God! They're really passionate about making gelato, and. Um, it's just wonderful, and um, I would suggest the fruity flavors when you go there because the fruit, the they're really great on the fruity ones. But I also had a um, vichelé, this um, cherry wine uh, gelato, which was delicious. And there was um, my favorite. This uh, my favorite has also been cinnamon canela. Oh god, that mixes really well with the numerous flavors. Because get a medium, pregusti, you get three flavors. flavors. <laughs> That's going to really maximize your Kona cup. And, oh, God, what, what other flavor were you going to say? Um, the ricotta, the, the sheep's milk ricotta was awesome. Um, you really can't go wrong. They're great there. They speak English, so um, they love to practice their English in there. So um, let them know you're staying here at Kakamone with the Americans. Uh, okay, here, I got the, uh, I have the address. Ashley. Piazza degli Aveduti, numero uno. So it's actually a really easy uh, piazza to find. But go, enjoy, 
If you have any questions on where it is, even if you're not coming to stay with us, email Ashley. Or you can find them on Facebook. Just um, type in Maki, M-A-K-I. Or Gelateria Artigianale Maki, mm-hmm. and they're on Facebook. And uh, you can they'll post uh, what they're making. This, yeah, it's and great. Beautiful he'll, pictures. Because mm-hmm. sometimes they'll get in. I don't know if you were saying this. The because um, I was looking at their address. The um, like Sicilian fruits and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Um, and now, for the, since the summertime, they're open from uh, noon all the way to 10.30, or even later, I think, on like Friday, Saturday night. I want to go back. I do want to go back, Sometimes too. we'll go and be in Fano doing stuff, and then, well, so we'll have one as soon as we get to town, and then, like, two hours later, we're going back to the car, and it's like, can we stop and get another gelato? Are we going to be that fat? Are we going to be that guy? And I'm always willing to. Ooh. Ooh, 60 kilos of cherries. Delicious. Just looking on their Facebook page real quick right here. But um, check them out. Gelateria Maki. That's a good, good one to not miss. No. Oh, coming up on oh, the 11th. Oh, my gosh. Not, not tomorrow, Saturday, but the next Saturday. Yes, this is... So cool. The Transumanza. Yes. So this is the moving of the cattle from the uh, farm in Piobico, the Moki farm, up to the top of Monte Nerone. And you walk them through town, up to the top of the hill, herding them through, starting at four in the morning, so then they can graze wild for the summer on top of the mountain. And you cannot plan it uh, ahead. You have to wait until the conditions are just right. The grass is high The grass is at this height, and the cows are at this weight, and the temperature is just so. And then Giancarlo calls us and says, it is time, the Transumanza, Sabato, Saturday the 11th, and we are so excited. It'll be great. Four o'clock in the morning, we all meet at his farm, we walk the cows through the town, and then... Pasquale, his nephew, and a couple other guys are on horseback, um, kind of pushing them from behind, but you have to be careful that they don't push them too fast, or they'll want to run, and then they'll lose steam for getting up to the top of the mountain. And my favorite part also is that uh, Franco, Franchino... Uh, the Polenta Man of Piobico. Who's born here in our house. Yes. He is the uh, head man, the lead man. So He's been leading that the cows for how many years? Like 50 years. And it's crazy. He hasn't missed one in like, or maybe 30 years. But he's in his 80s. He has them, he sets the pace for the entire cow herd. And sometimes there's hundreds of cattle. And this tradition has been going on forever. It's absolutely wonderful. If When you're in Italy, if anyone ever asks you if you want to wake up really early in the morning to go do something, go. do it. Just go. You're on. <laughs> Even if you don't understand what it is, if it's in the morning hours, those wee hours of the morning. It's usually pretty fun to do. So, uh, you know, you're on vacation and you could sleep later that afternoon, but I can't wait. And then when we get up to the top, we have a big picnic. All um, the wives have uh, brought food and lunch and the children are waiting and some of the men take a nap for a little bit, and it is wonderful. So we invited all the guests who are here at the house to come and join us. And if any of you are in the Piobico area, send me an email, and I can give you the details. And uh, Always more hands are better. Yeah, and it's great. I mean, even if you just come to watch them pass through the middle of town. Not that town is so big, but... Uh, it's just funny seeing all these cows going down the main street, the main street of Piobico. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, the cleanup crew following behind, but it is, it's great. And that's the one I went, and um, uh, the first year that I did it, I'm with this group of, like, 13 men, and we're going on a, we just take a little break for um, some focaccia and some cheese and whatnot, 
and I pull out water bottles from my little backpack and I said, does anyone want water? And they looked at me and they said, Ashley, why would we drink water when we have wine? And they opened up like seven bottles of wine and they were like, no, 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 don't drink the water. The wine is much better for you. And then as we continued to go up the hill, they broke out into song and it was like, oh my God, this is phenomenal. It is such a great, great experience. Well, I think we can. I think we could stop there on that note. All right. We'll do a word of the week next time. We're thirty. We're thirty six minutes, and I got work to do. I know it, and we'll have to tell them how the trends went. Yep. So we'll come back to you um, probably next weekend or ne- mid next week uh, with how the trends went. You and guys, thanks for holding on and uh, not giving up on us. <laughs> Please tell a friend about our podcast and get them to subscribe. It really inspires us when we see people actually listen and. And it's great that people want to hear what's going on in our lives. And, and we found out that people are really enjoying finding us on Stitcher, too. Like, listening to us in the car. Stitcher, smart radio. Smarter way to listen to radio. You can uh, stream us free there. And on iTunes. And on iTunes, leave a comment. Or um, on, uh, on our page on iTunes, you can leave a comment or a rating. That helps us out. And email any questions to us. Just throw out our... our Bring it home. <laughs> That's yeah. what you say. <laughs> All right, so this is Ashley and Jason from La Tabula Marque, and you can find us at latabulamarque.com, info at latabulamarque.com, on Facebook, La Tabula Marque Farm and in Cooking School, you can find us on TripAdvisor, you can find us just about anywhere, Twitter, and how do you spell it? It's L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E. Let's have a Oh, before we go, a couple of things. Um, A14, the, the uh, autostrada that goes along the Adriatic coast. If you're coming to the Adriatic this summer or probably until... <laughs> the next 20 years. In the next 20 <laughs> years or so, they're doing major construction from Rimini all the way south to uh, Taranto, I think. Oh, my God. But um, the, it, Just be prepared for major delays and backups. Um, I would suggest uh, taking, if you're coming to this side, I would suggest getting off in Cessna and taking E45 to Chita di Castello and coming over the Apiani that way. If, you're, if anyone is coming to the Adriatic Coast because with the uh, summertime traffic and all the trucks... It can take hours to get, uh, they close the off-ramp sometimes. It's a mess. It is. That's a good uh, traffic report. Yes, Thanks for that traffic report, Jason. No problem. Oh, on another side note, I know we can't ever finish this. Tell them the exciting news about what's to come. Weather system. Oh, I got a really cool, uh, really hardcore real weather station. <laughs> real nerdy. Real nerdy. <laughs> Um, that I can't wait to get. It's coming in the mail, and it's solar powered, and it um, it can it shoots the data to the internet. So hopefully soon we'll have a widget on our uh, website that has uh, live real time weather of what's going on here in our little valley. Because the weather can be a lot different if you look up like Urbino or Fano or uh, even Piobico. <laughs> the weather is different. We have our own kind of little microclimate that the mountain here, Monte Nerone, makes. So it's. Uh, it's just going to be cool. I'm a weather nerd, and it's important. I like it for the garden, and it'll be great. It's real. It's a real weather station. <laughs> it's not one of those fun home ones. This has a solar panel on it, and it's been calibrated by the U.S. Department of Weights and Measures. All right. <laughs> <laughs> also, I want to say uh, I want to thank uh, our two favorite guests. I'm sorry, but all your other our other favorite guests, but Will and Julie, who are just out there, and Will, I hope you're still you're feeling well. We loved seeing you guys and it was great to spend time yep buon salute we wish you good health good health 
All right, that's it. Until next time. From the foothills of the Apini in our little piece of paradise outside of Piobico, Italy. Thanks so much for listening to us and have a great week. Ciao. Ciao. Sentire Media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com. That's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com and find out how to submit your show.